Hello everyone and welcome to episode 1.16 of America's Lost History, The Patriot Who Would Not Vote. Well, this is going to be our wrap-up slash bonus episode for our first series on the Signers of Declaration of Independence. Um, hope you guys have enjoyed it and maybe even learned something. We're going to move on to our next topic, probably take a week off to finish some research, still reading a couple books, and then we will start fresh on our next topic, which is going to start with a discussion on Robert Rogers and his Rangers, which is going to be pretty interesting, I think. Um, leads a lot into how Special Forces and the Army developed, and especially how the Continental Army would go on to defeat the British during the War for Independence. So, let's get right into John Dickinson here. John Dickinson was born in Talbot County, Maryland on November the 19th, 1732. He would die in Wilmington, Delaware on Valentine's Day, 1808. Dickinson was born to a wealthy planter named Samuel Dickinson, who owned at one point 9,000 acres of farmland in Maryland's eastern shore. Samuel also purchased a plantation in Kent County, Delaware, called Poplar Hall, the site of the current John Dickinson Plantation Museum, which you can visit just south of Dover. These plantations were worked by slaves, uh, and in 1777, John Dickinson would actually free all the slaves at Poplar Hall, because he was then the owner of Poplar Hall, of course. Samuel served as a judge in the Court of Common Pleas for Kent County, and it was in this position that young John would aspire to. John would be educated by private tutors, and then at the age of 18 would study law under John Moland in Philadelphia. In 1753, Dickinson was studying at the Middle Temple in London for a four-year stay. Upon his return to Philadelphia in 1757, Dickinson opened his law practice. In 1760, he was elected to the Delaware Legislature, and then shortly after to the Pennsylvania Assembly as well. He would go on to serve off and on for 15 years in both legislators, which was something you could do back then. With the passage of the Stamp Act, Dickinson's rise to the world stage began. While protesting the Stamp Act, Dickinson still called for reconciliation with the King and Parliament. He wrote Letters from a Pennsylvania Farmer a series of essays that Ben Franklin would have published in England, and eventually these essays would be published in France as well. Because of these essays and his stance, Pennsylvania elected him to represent the colony at the Stamp Act Congress. With the passage of the Coercive Acts in 1774, Dickinson continued to protest against Parliament's actions, but still called for reconciliation. Dickinson was vital to assembling the Continental Congress, and would represent Pennsylvania there. In 1775, he drafted the colony's last attempt at reconciliation with Parliament, the Olive Branch Petition. When the decisive vote on 7-2-1776 came around, Dickinson bowed to the inevitable and abstained from voting. He soon after left Congress. Dickinson organized the 1st Battalion of Philadelphia Troops, the Associators. He would serve as the commander of a garrison of Elizabeth, New Jersey during the New York campaign, and after the campaign, Dickinson resigned his commission and retired to his home in Delaware. During the Brandywine campaign, Dickinson would serve as a private in the Delaware troops. He would then serve as a brigadier general in the Delaware militia until 1779. In 1779, Dickinson returned to Congress, this time to represent Delaware. He then went on to represent Delaware at the Annapolis Convention and then at the Constitutional Convention. For those who don't know, the Annapolis Convention was the precursor to the Constitutional Convention. Dickinson was a pivotal player in the Great Compromise that allowed the Constitution to pass. Again, for those who don't know, the Great Compromise is how we have a two-house system. The Senate was representative of the, the colonies, what became the states, and the House of Representatives was based on 
population size. Dickinson would be too ill to sign the Constitution, but a colleague signed his name for him. Ironic that he didn't sign, personally, two of the most famous documents ever written. Dickinson helped his state ratify the Constitution early and became the first state. After 1787, Dickinson retired from political life. He would live a private life with his wife, Mary Norris, and their townhouse in Wilmington, Delaware. Upon John's death, President Jefferson would send condolences, and Congress would even wear black armbands in mourning. So that's pretty much it for this week, folks. I know it's a short one, but I just wanted to go over who one of the people I think is kind of forgotten in his importance. Uh, he was a patriot, yes, and he wasn't quite ready for independence, but he still had his convictions and would go on to serve his country as best he could. So uh, join us next time, and we will start our new series. Thank you very much.